Hi, everyone. This is Abhishek from ShakeTheCosmos.com. My guest today is Corey Weathers, who's a developer evangelist at Twilio. He's passionate about sharing how magical software can be. Whether coding and coaching at hackathons, talking code at tech conferences and meetups, or streaming live on Twilio TV, Corey uses each experience to inspire and equip developers. In addition to his time at Twilio, he's worked in a variety of software development roles over the past 15 years at the IRS, Microsoft, and others. He holds an MBA from Haas School of Business at UC Berkeley, Go Bears, and a Bachelor of Science in Systems and Computer Science from Howard University. While a native New Yorker at heart, he's proud to make central Pennsylvania home with his family. Thank you so much, Corey, for being on the show. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited, actually. <laughs> oh, man, I love um, the opportunity to connect with you. And the topic today I'm really passionate about. So we're just going to jump right into it. Yeah. One I've known who really loves their job. And I'm just curious person. And I know there are other people and how you made your job an extension of yourself. And I love that about you. And your what you're what you're doing with your career. So, what's your journey in getting into this role? How you established yourself? Let's just start there. Yeah, it's a great question. I've been. I, I always like to say I'm uh, an oddball. Um, I started out uh, at Microsoft as an intern many years ago, and always felt like then that like job security was number one. You know, I grew up dirt poor and didn't quite understand uh, what it was to have uh, means. And so, you know, you go from something like that to uh, an internship at Microsoft where we got paid very well. And I was like, oh, no matter what, I'm going to like protect this income. And over time, I, I just came to realize how fundamentally flawed that was because it just did not leave room for me to be curious, to explore, to find things that worked and did not work for me. And so, you know, what I've learned over, I, I'm going to call my career journey, has been this idea that being open to outcome is really how I end up doing my best work. Yeah. And I feel like there's, I wonder if there's a lot of other people that also, each, each one has a different experience, but like, what is that chase people are after, but then recognizing what you recognize uh, is, is something very insightful. Yeah, this is an, an insight that I think um, it just shows up very differently for everyone. But for me, it's shown up in me choosing to move from the East Coast to the West Coast to work for Microsoft, then from the state of Washington to California in support of my family at that time, then, you know, transitioning into becoming a husband and a father and uh, everything that comes along with those changes. And so for me, it, it's almost like a constant journey of self-exploration, which is, you know, what are the things that are continuing to make you happy? Because almost at a certain point, making money, I don't want to say it doesn't matter, but it's almost like that's not a thing that's top of mind when I'm doing my best work. Totally. I wonder what's, what's a word um, like that uh, would describe the shift that you went through from, you know, uh, being at Microsoft and beyond and just recognizing, uh, hey, uh, I want to make changes that make me happy. Is it fulfilling? Is it? Yeah, that's a good question. I, I've always called it the, like my evolution. And I, where I got this from was um, 
I had a mentor who uh, at Microsoft who would always say, like, climbing the corporate ladder isn't really about climbing a ladder. It's about shifting along a pyramid. And so sometimes you go I up. I just want to say that climbing a corporate ladder isn't about really carp, uh, corporate ladder climbing. It is about yeah. shifting a pyramid. It's about shifting across a pyramid. Wow. Some days you go up. Some days you go left, some days you go right, some days you go down. But the idea behind this is you will never quite reach the top of the pyramid and you're not exactly supposed to. And that insight for me became one of the uh, more transformational pieces of advice that I've gotten over the years because it forced me to think about this idea of like, what is the definition of success for me, right? It, it's not, do I make a certain amount of money? It's not. Do I have the adoration and respect of, uh, you know, people? It's not, do I have a certain job title? Like, that's not it. So this is one of these things where, um, and I love telling this story. It's one of these things where I oftentimes say, like, I failed a good bit in my career and almost got fired from Microsoft. And I think it was one of the best experiences for me because it forced me to really tap into, am I doing my best work, being the best version of myself? Mm. I appreciate that. So, I mean, I'm trying to put myself in somebody's shoes who's who's just starting out at that internship, who's about to finish their first year at that internship. And and they're in that they're in that mode, but like how do you seek opportunities that fulfill that desire that that you're talking about? Okay, so this is one that it's going to sound completely abstract, but it is totally real. And it is one of these where, um, shout out to therapy and meditation. I think we talked about this a little bit before. Like, it, it's one of these things that forces you to focus very inward on how you respond to things. So, the piece of advice I usually give folks is if you've taken a job and you know you either like, heavily hate this role. You are so not frustrated with um, details or structure around how the role works. You find yourself not enjoying actually doing the role. That's not a good opportunity, right? Alternatively, it is about finding things that you enjoy. And what I say enjoy, I mean, like, not so much that it's easy, because my job today definitely is not easy. But it is about continuing to be focused on the passion, the outcome, the dedication that you can give by continuing to put more of yourself into the roles. And so seeking out these opportunities is let's continue to be open. Let's talk to friends and see, hey, what are folks doing in their spaces? Man, is that something like something that would appeal to me? Yeah. If it does, how would I do this differently if I approached it, right? Because I'm I'm not trying to take someone else's job, but I am thinking about how I can put my own unique spin on that job. And that's what's hugely important to this, including in the fun world of software that I've been in, in now the last 15 years. <laughs> well, I'd love to hear more like examples, like how you've created that. So like what aspects of the role within that, what you do today, you brought, um, brought in uh, your passions and things like yeah. that. So just so others can see you from your examples. Yeah, no. So as, as a developer evangelist, um, 
as you mentioned, my job is to inspire and equip developers. And every, you know, there's a job title that's incredibly weird because most people have never heard of it. Well, until you, they, you have to explain it to me, for example, as well. <laughs> that's exactly right, right? But our job, the way I've always likened it to folks is we're like the street team for a software company, right? Like we get out there, we get developers excited for different products that our companies are either building, selling, using things of this regard, right? And so the thing that I love about the way we do evangelism at Twilio is it almost forces us to ask the question, what is the best way I can serve my developers, right? In, or the developers in my community. So most people who can't see me, they won't know this, but yes, I'm a black man, right? So I think about what does it mean to serve black developers? I also happen to write software with the Microsoft stack of technologies, right? So what does it mean to serve those developers who write with the same type of programming languages and platforms in mind? And then the other side to this is I'm super passionate about helping other people come into the industry. So what does it mean to serve developers who are new in career? And I take very different strategies across each of these different communities. Sometimes they work, sometimes they don't, but it is about what does it mean for me to uniquely serve that community? Mm. And how can I bring my unique skill sets and the different experiences that I've had to date in every uh, interaction that I have with each of those communities? Wow. I appreciate that. I mean, and I guess, I mean, I've struggled through some of this myself and just wondered, um, let's say, you know, someone does know their passion. Someone does know what they're really liking but their job doesn't provide that. Um, what are ways to communicate that or what are ways to overcome that? Or, or maybe in your own journey, how did you support yourself in connecting the two? Yeah, that's a really good question because something that I don't talk about as much is the difficulty I've had with um, sort of uh, evolving my role as I transitioned into parenthood. So at the time that I became a parent, um, my daughter is uh, my oldest child, now five. But at the time that she was born, I was a traveling software consultant. And I struggled because I left a role that fulfilled me in a way where I got to connect with people and I got to build software and I got to travel a bit of the country. Um, but I left that role in large part because it just wasn't good for my family. My wife was struggling at the time with trying to make sure that she had the support that she needed. I was doing a poor job at that at that time. My daughter, obviously being a newborn, like not quite yet missing me, but I was missing moments. And so for me, it was about this idea of, well, I really do love building software and I love doing it with people in mind first. So what could I have done to have found an opportunity that allowed me to do that while also staying closer to home? And I'm fortunate in that I was able to find a successful gig at a company named Intap um, in Palo Alto. And had a phenomenal time there and then ended up transitioning into the role that I currently have at Twilio. So I think it's, it for me was, uh, remember how earlier we talked about this idea of staying present in the mind and the body and how you respond to things. It was also about keeping in mind, like, well, I have a family to consider and missing out on some of those moments was really important to me in the sense that I just didn't want to do it. Yeah. I appreciate that. I mean, and it, thanks for sharing your own example of like, I guess just putting it into action, uh, your passion and uh, taking action to make it work for you. Uh, and I really appreciate that. So um, I guess, you know, in terms of being present and being authentic, like 
what, what does that mean um, just in basic terms and how can people be uh, people do that? Mm, so I think there's two aspects to this. One is um, it, it, one side of it is very internal. It is about this notion of what does it mean to speak your truth? And it's something that I'm grappling with even more now than ever before. Um, but it is a thing where like you almost have to be brutally honest with yourself. And I don't know how many people actually are, but it's about being brutally honest with yourself and saying, Hey, this works for me or Hey, this doesn't work for me. And here are some of the reasons why. And speaking that to, to power sort of to say for you, now that I've acknowledged that this is the state of things, what am I going to do with that? All right. And then there's an external side to this, which is, and continue to listen. Right. And I say continue to listen because for me, like you can speak your truth out to, to someone else and guess what? They're going to reflect that very differently because they've got a different set of experiences that are um, influencing how they've received the truth that you've just shared. So continuing to listen means be open to this idea that though you have a perspective, there may be an additional set of context, nuance that you should also add in as you're processing, well, what do I do with this? Where do I go next with it? And the reason why I bring this up is because like, I think about the work I do now, it's really aware. Um, I spend a ton of time live streaming and live streaming is, is a weird space in that like people are always like, what are you actually streaming? And I'm like, we're building applications. And half of the time I'm writing code live that I've never written before in front of an audience of could be 10 people, could be 50 people, could be a hundred people that I've never met before. It's probably one of the scariest things that people would ever say they'd go through. Is there music playing in the background too? That's exactly right. <laughs> but then what ends up coming out of this is to this notion of speaking my truth. Because it's scary, I'm confronting what it means for me to be vulnerable. And so I'll say to the audience oftentimes, I have no idea why this worked. Or I'll say to the audience sometimes, I have all sorts of confidence that this is going to work. And then next thing you know, it'll fail. <laughs> and then being open to listening, right? Continuing to listening. After I've shared that, my audience is really good about saying, I want to help you. I want to reflect this back to you in a way where we continue to move forward together. And that's how, like in combining the two, you not only build a village, but now you've got a solid base of support that will help you check whatever the boxes are that you're trying to check. Whether it's in my case, sometimes it's writing software, or in some cases, I'm trying to look for a job or help someone else look for a job or other things. So that's what like authenticity means to me. I appreciate that. I mean, the I, I love how you started with the internal conversation uh, before it became about other people and then also just recognizing the context. Um, and I wonder like how there is sort of a um, vulnerability inside of us that kind of starts to open up as we have that internal conversation to be more honest. Uh, at least for me, uh, I find that to be helpful when I'm trying to just communicate. Yeah, that's a really good point. And it's something that I am actually working through right now is I share, you know, previously I was trying to do things to put my wife and my family first, and I'm currently going through a divorce. And so it's incredibly hard when you go through an experience like that, because you have to be super honest with yourself about like, what is it that's going on for you that would have led you to this outcome? 
what is it that you're experiencing and how do you continue to like figure out what your next steps forward are? And I've only gotten to a point now where I've like finally started talking about it. But even then it, it still becomes a thing where like there are layers to this. Some pieces I'll talk about, some pieces I'll keep within and it continues to be a process. And, and I think that's healthy in the sense of like, you're not ignoring it. You're not sort of distracted by it. You're embracing the emotions that come from it. And you are then saying, okay, well, what do I do with this? Mm. Well, I mean, I, I, I appreciate where this is headed. I mean, I'm also thinking like a listener is listening to this and they're like, well, what about some practical tips? Like I've got my life, I've got my work. What are, what are like some, you know, one or two things that, um, that, you know, you would, you would want uh, somebody to just keep in mind um, as they're trying to connect the two. I like to think um, like many people that I can do way too many things. (laughs) And so one of the things that I've come to learn and embrace is, no, that's just not true. Pick one or two things for you to literally focus on like every day and let those one or two things be something that you pour as much of yourself into as you can. Now I'm a parent, right? And I love my kids. And so some days they get more out of me and some days work gets more out of me. And I've learned to let that be okay. But it is about picking those one or two things that I know I'm going to focus on and accepting that as being okay for me. And do you, do you change your one or two things day to day or like you kind of, you kind of are monitoring it? Absolutely. Um, and it's something where I have a manager right now who said to me, Corey, I really want you to just write stuff down, like write it down and, and then like draw a line. And when you draw that line, be really honest with yourself about like, you're only going to get these one or two things done. But then over the course of a couple of weeks, you're going to realize you're checking way more boxes than you had ever realized before. So I'm a huge fan of the write it down principle. And then picking those one or two things that give you a sense of purpose, of meaning, of value. Um, and of course, should make sure you're like, you know, you're not just skipping out of work, like pay the bills, you know. <laughs> yeah. I appreciate that so much. And also creates a, like a sense of accomplishment, I feel like, also as cranking through stuff. And, um, and uh, then that's, that's great. Yeah, this is, you know, I love that we started this by talking about this notion of like, how do you make your job an extension of yourself? And, and it is, I just don't believe in the notion that there's work-life balance, but I do believe that you can do a really good job of integrating the two. And once you come to find that, like that integration is working for you, that it, the, the sense of accomplishment just blows up. I mean, it's phenomenal. Totally. Uh, I appreciate, I think you're, you're, you sharing your own stories, inspiring as well. And, um, as we're sort of wrapping up here, um, I'm wondering any shout outs or any closing remarks for folks that you want to share. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, you know, at the time that we're recording in this, you know, there's quite a bit of upheaval and turmoil around, uh, racism and race relations in the United States. And, you know, I talked at, at length about this idea of like, what does it mean to serve communities? Uh, just earlier this week, uh, one of my colleagues and I, and a good friend got together and recorded a conversation that we published on Twitch about, um, race relations in the United States as it relates to us. 
And so I would invite our listeners, your listeners to literally just go have a look at the, the, the conversation. Um, it's posted up on my, my uh, Twitter page, twitter.com slash Corey, C-O-R-E-Y, L Weathers. Um, but I literally think that like in a time like this, as we talk about this idea of sharing your truth and continuing to listen, I think like such a conversation is actually super powerful. Um, and I hope that for any folks who do go have a listen, um, that they're able to take something of value from that conversation. I appreciate that. I will be sure to include the link in the description for the pot, um, in the podcast as well. Um, and, uh, thanks so much for your time today. And this was, this was a pleasure. I'm super happy to be here and congratulations to you for launching the podcast. What, how amazing. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Have a good day. Hey everyone. Thank you for listening. Please hit the subscribe button. We'll be back next week.